More than 500,000 Chicagoans live in food deserts, and the problem has worsened with inflation driving up food prices. Now a string of grocery store closures on the south and west sides have left some residents with virtually no fresh food options in their neighborhoods. But local organizations are stepping up to provide affordable produce. 40 Acres Fresh Market is a startup grocer in the Austin neighborhood. The business runs a series of pop-up markets and a mobile grocery store that travels to underserved communities across the city. Liz Abuna is the founder and owner of 40 Acres Fresh Market, and she joins us now to talk more about community solutions to food deserts. Welcome to the show, Liz. Hi. Can you describe the need that you've seen from the beginning of the pandemic to now with rising inflation and, and the closing of grocery stores like Aldi and Save-A-Lot? I think that it's it's a complex need because not everybody's needs are the same. So there is the need of people having more month than money um, when it comes to purchasing food. And so the emergency food system has really become a factor in how people budget for food because they're factoring in um, those emergency food donations Mm -hmm. into how they're going to eat. Now, there are people who also can afford food, can buy food, but the access to food where they live is getting more and more limited with um, store closures and rising prices. And so those are two very different needs that are converging and have to be met at the same time. Whole Foods in Englewood will also close very soon, Liz. What do these closures truly mean for residents in these areas? How have they been getting their groceries? Um, So... Obviously, I have no expectation that if a business is not making a profit or they are not making money that they can continue to stay open. Um, however, there are people in the community who, who are using those businesses, um, who are using those grocery stores, and it's a blow to them because now they have to either go further or they have to make substitutes, or they have to pay more to shop at smaller stores with higher prices. Um, it's really it's really affecting people's access. Um, we yeah. live in a time where convenience is extremely important. We have jobs, we have family commitments, and having to travel further than you used to for groceries makes it just that much more difficult to feed, to meet that basic need. For people, but it's not only about the food. There are jobs lost. Now you have um, community property and 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 vacant commercial space sitting there mm-hmm. for indefinitely until a replacement can be found to uh, to occupy that space. And vacant lots, vacant properties, um, they drive down property values. They make a neighborhood less walkable. Um, it's hard to attract other businesses there. Uh, grocery stores are so much more than food, and there are primary, secondary, and tertiary effects of their closing. Let's bring another voice into the conversation. We've got Laurel Sims, who's co-CEO of Urban Growers Collective. That's a nonprofit that builds urban farms and provides locally grown produce to the south and west sides. Hi, Laurel. Hi. Thanks for having me. You know, many activists don't agree with the term food desert, which is used to describe this lack of access to affordable, fresh, nutritious food in some areas. Instead, they want to have us refer to it as uh, food apartheid. What do you think? 
Yeah, that's absolutely one of the terms that we've adopted um, as as a way to describe um, the food access problem. And the reason for that is because deserts are a natural environment. And so when we refer refer to something as a desert, it's something that just happens, right, through nature. And we know that the food access problem is not that. It's something that's completely, um, it's been created by humankind. And particularly from policies and procedures that we've adopted throughout throughout the city of Chicago. And so we know that the only way that we can really help close the food access gap is by really trying to str- to change those policies so that folks, especially in black and brown communities, have the same kind of access to food as folks on, our, on the north side of Chicago. Well, well, let's dig into your work a little bit with uh, Urban Growers Collective, because you, you not only strive to provide healthy food right, to these disinvested areas, you're also providing these hands-on farming training to young people. So why is that important to sort of connect the community to the growing process? I think one of the things we really saw with COVID-19 was just this huge lack of food infrastructure that we have across the United States. But in Chicago, we know we have about two days of food if anything really terrible happens. And so to, I think, really combat the food access problem, we have to create a regional food economy. And to do that, we have to have farmers and we have to have land. So those are two of the things that Urban Growers Collective really focuses on to make sure that we're able to grow growers. So we have about 200 teens in our um, urban farming program for mm-hmm. both after school and summer. And then we also have about 30 adults in our both herbalism and grower apprentice training in order to really help close that gap of folks being able to grow food in Chicago. So how do you distribute the food that you grow? So we have farm stands at most of our farm sites, but we also have a mobile market called the Fresh Moves Mobile Market, which is a bus that was converted into a mobile farmer's market. And so it really works on closing the food access gap by bringing produce to schools, community centers, churches, and health clinics. So places that folks are already going to, to make good food accessible, especially in black and brown neighborhoods. Liz, let's talk about the name of your organization, 40 Acres Fresh Market. How did you start? Um, So we started with pop-up markets in 2018. Um, I have worked previously in the grocery industry, but on the vendor side uh, with General Mills for 10 years. So I had an idea of the industry, but there was a lot I didn't know. So for me, starting with a mobile strategy with low overhead was a great way to build a customer base, learn the supply chain, and really build a business from the ground up and learn as I go. And so um, I decided on the name 40 Acres Fresh Market because I was very intentional about where I wanted to start my business, mm-hmm. which was um, Austin, which is a predominantly black neighborhood. And I wanted a name that resonated with um, black American history and culture and was, was a, an immediate cultural identifier. And 40 acres just made sense because it ties to the land and food comes from the land. And, um, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, about, it's about promise. It's about restitution. And it is reminding – I wanted the name to remind us that fresh food is, is our birthright. We were this country's first farmers, and it is often a cruel irony that the descendants of those first farmers – um, now live in communities where it's very difficult to find any food that comes from the land. And, uh, so I wanted, I wanted to remind us of that. 
Yeah, and and let's talk about your your partnership here. You recently partnered with Westside Health Authority to actually open a brick and mortar location in uh, Austin's Soul City corridor. Tell us about yeah. that. <laughs> Real estate development is a it's a fun process. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm sure it was when... quick and happened overnight. <laughs> We're still working on it. We haven't broken ground yet. We anticipate breaking ground later this year with a store opening next year. Um, we've been working on this since since late 2020 when we first um, secured the secured the site. Um, but the there was a former Salvation Army thrift store um, on the Soul City corridor at Chicago and Waller, and it came open and for it came up, it came up for sale. And upon looking at it from the the basics of real estate, location, parking lot, size, like this makes sense. Mm-hmm. It makes sense for a grocery store. We can we can do a um, a small neighborhood store here. So the store will be a little under 10,000 square feet. It will have um, fresh produce, which we're already known for, as well as meat, prepared food, dry, refrigerated, frozen grocery, um, and create a, a place where people can, can stop in and get their basic their basic needs met, um, do their fill-in trips, and do it in a friendly, welcoming environment um, that's cultural, that has culturally relevant products mm-hmm. um, at affordable pricing. So that is our plan, um, and Westside Health Authority is the development partner in, in the real estate of actually getting this, this property ready to be a grocery store, and that's, that is a process because a thrift store does not automatically transition into the needs, the real needs of a grocery store in terms of refrigeration, heating, cooling, yeah. plumbing. Um, so we're working with Leighton Design, who's our architect, and Brown and Moman as our um, general contractor and other grocery consultants nice. to plan to plan a, a full-service store um, that's meant to not just open but survive for years. It's a true team effort, it sounds like, for sure. Absolutely. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We're talking about how local organizations are filling in the gaps in access to affordable, healthy food in their communities. With us is Liz Abuna, who's founder and owner of 40 Acres Fresh Market, and Laurel Sims, who's co-CEO of Urban Growers Collective. Laurel, inflation is another factor that's making it more difficult to actually put food on the table for many families, especially for food insecure households. How's your organization balancing the rising costs of produce with affordability? A big piece of it is fundraising. And so we're really having to depend on generous folks from foundations to individuals to help um, help keep those prices down. Um, and one of the ways that we've really found that's been um, incredibly productive, especially since COVID hit, is that we've been offering $10 vouchers. So everybody who comes onto our mobile market actually gets the first $10 off their produce purchase. And it really helps stretch food dollars because we know that, you know, that fresh produce is the last thing most people buy because it expires quickly. And if they're going to, if they have limited food dollars, they're definitely going to usually pick things that are going to have a longer shelf life. So we really want folks to be able to have that access to fresh produce. And Mm -hmm. we know that there's huge demand for it. So that $10 has really helped. Um, and then last year we gave away about $170,000 worth of those vouchers. Yeah. Um, so we know that there's high demand for fresh produce in neighborhoods all over the South Side. Well, Laurel Fertilizer is another product that's seen a steep increase as well in price. So how's that impacting your growing operations? 
Yeah, so for us, we're fortunately, um, we grow as organically as we actually say we're beyond organic. Um, so while not certified organic, we grow sustainably. And so we purchase compost, which definitely has seen a spike, um, but has not been as big a spike as like you've seen in fertilizers and other um, and other inputs into farming. And so for us, because we have really good practices and because we do some composting on site, we're able to really um, uh, stretch our dollars there mm-hmm. so that we have some savings um, and don't have to have all of these unnecessary inputs into our farming practice. And we should note that the city has recognized the growing problem of food insecurity, and it's made some efforts to fix it. Mayor Lightfoot's created a food equity council earlier this year. But Liz, what more could the city government do to help out struggling areas? Um, I can only speak from the from the position of commercial food retail. Um, what needs to happen is the city the city is really the only entity that has the resources to bring about structural and infrastructure change. So I can own from 40 acres perspective, when we, as we are trying to move into this um, Salvation Army building that we're converting into a grocery store, what we found is that it's not just the building that needs conversion. It is the, 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 the infrastructure and landscape around us, because we have to think about our supply chain. How do we bring in trucks? Um, it, can, it can mean widening streets, turning one ways into two ways. It, it can mean um, you know, moving electrical poles. And that's a lot of infrastructure work that oftentimes the types of businesses, the small businesses that actually want to build in um, working-class black and brown communities mm-hmm. just don't have the capital to fund that type of infrastructure change. So if the city can support our efforts um, by making those zoning changes, upgrading the infrastructure in our community to actually accommodate um, things like things like grocery stores and um, changing laws to make urban farming more accessible and water more accessible, those things can help alleviate um, the food access issues because the people who actually want to do this work mm-hmm. will have will have the resources and the ability and the capability to do it and not be hampered by um, capacity and resource constraints. Laurel, how can grocery stores that come into neighborhoods engage with the communities that they're serving? I mean, I think one of the major ways is just education. We know that folks in, in, the, in neighborhoods across the south and west side want access to fresh, healthy food. They want access to grocery stores and jobs. And, you know, without those things, we know that neighborhoods can't be as productive um, and they can't um, and they can't sustain themselves as well because folks need those jobs to be able to actually support themselves in buying that produce. Mm-hmm. And so I do think that you know, the more, the more small, even small grocery stores that we can have and, you know, farmers markets and other types of mobile markets to help kind of fill that gap. Um, it provides unemployment opportunity. It provides access to high quality food and it allows folks to, um, you know, have opportunities that they haven't had yeah. historically because of divestment. You know, Laurel, to, to that end, beyond the access to the food, beyond the jobs, I think you know, grocery stores are adding to the culture of a neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Right. They're, they're revitalizing the energy of, the, of that community. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, we see in grocery stores all over the north side that there, you know, there are like free samples and educational opportunities. And those are things that creates a hub of culture. And so not having those in communities is really just it it, it is divestment, right? It is uh, it is the thing that keeps culture um, not it, it does not allow culture to thrive because we don't have those hubs for interaction. All right. Well, last question for you both. Where can folks go for more information about your produce? You first, Laurel. Um, we're at urbangrowerscollective.org, or you can find us on Instagram at urbangrowerscollective. Liz? You can find us at 40acresfreshmarket.com, and that's the word 40, spelled F-O-R-T-Y, acresfreshmarket.com. And you can also find us on Instagram at, at 40acresfreshmarket. That was Liz Abuna, who's founder and owner of 40 Acres Fresh Market, and Laurel Sims, who's co-CEO of Urban Growers Collective. Thank you both.